Welcome to the Life of Faith North podcast, where you can access the latest Sermon of the Week and explore our archive of past messages. To access other resources or view live content, please visit us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Life of Faith North. We hope you will find this message encouraging and uplifting as you listen. Or, and, and what's the first thing that gets attacked when you're getting ready to move into the thing you love to do, the thing you had the vision for? The first thing that gets attacked is identity. Who am I to? Who am I to? And you see, this is cool because Jesus, first thing he got attacked for was identity. He just did 40 days out in the desert. Did all not eating, not drinking. He's just out there, sticks in his hair, sleeping out there. And what does Satan do? He comes at his weakest moment. And he says, if you be the son of God, he's challenging his identity. So, and what did Jesus do? He spoke the word to counteract everything Satan said. And that's what we have to do. Because as soon as you step into the thing that you're called to do, you're going to get attacked. And the thing that's going to get attacked is who you are. So you've got to be solid in who you are. That's why Brad has an I am statement, and I have an I am statement. Because when I get attacked, I've got to remember who I am, not the circumstances that are coming at me, if that makes sense. So I just thought I'd just want to share that. That don't think it's something new. He has no new tricks. He attacked Jesus with the same stuff. He's going to attack you. And he's afraid that you're going to grow get big, and turn into another Jesus on it. He don't want no more Jesus. He wants you to play small. That's what he wants. But that's not our job. So we're going to talk about breaking thought addiction. You better swap. Oh, there it is. Okay, good. I'm sorry. It it just got to wait a second. So we're going to talk about the story of the scorpion and the frog. Anybody ever heard this story? You heard it? Okay. There's a scorpion and there's a frog, and they're sitting on one side of the lake, right? And the scorpion and the frog both want to go over the other side of the lake. And uh, the scorpion says to the frog, hey, can I hop on your back and go the other side of the lake? Because I'll I'll drown and I don't want to go. He goes, goes, "Uh, no, you'll sting me. He goes, if I sting you, then we both die. And the frog goes, hmm, that makes sense. So he gets on his back, and about halfway through, all of a sudden the frog feels this giant pain in his back and goes, what are you doing? He stu- you stung me. He goes, it's in my nature. It's just the way he shows up. <clears throat> How many times have you showed up in the same way that they're doing the things you don't want to do? Paul said, why do I do the things I know not to do and not do the things I know to do? Because it's in our nature. It's the way we were programmed. It, it's so innate in us. So we're going to talk about how do we break that addiction to the things that we always do to ourselves. Why do I self-sabotage all the time? So he can't seem to be able to help it. It didn't even benefit him. How many times have you done that? Something that didn't even benefit you, but you did it again. He 
doesn't know how to change it. And the scorpion appears to be a victim to his nature. And that's us. Sometimes we act a victim to our nature, even though it's not true. So, and he, he, have you ever felt like a victim to your nature? Yeah, I know I have. A victim, subject to his emotions, circumstances, and caused his emotions. Circumstances causes emotion. External causes the emotions internally. Victor chooses his emotions regardless of the circumstances. I'm going to stay in peace, joy, and love. That's my job. I don't care what you do. You're not the boss of me. Every two-year-old knows that thing. You're not the boss of me. Well, you got to start telling your emotions, you're not the boss of me. Appreciate you sharing. Thank you very much. But you're not the boss of me. I'll choose the way I'm going to feel. Okay? No new information can, this is so important about how the body's wi wired. No new information can enter the nervous system that's not equal to the emotion you are experiencing. That's how you, that's the way you're wired up. So if you're feeling fear, 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 you're not going to see anything that's giving you love and peace and joy. You can't see it because you live in a neighborhood of fear. Your zip code is 85207-FEAR. Okay, that's your zip code. And all you got in that neighborhood is people that mug you, people that uh, steal from you. That, that's that neighborhood. So the best you can hope for is you got home safe. But you can choose to live in a different neighborhood. A different, the other side of the mountain is what we would say here, right? And you can choose to live on that side of the mountain. And with your attitude and that side of the mountain, you have nice homes, big pools. A bad day is when your garage door do opener don't work, right? That's a bad, oh, my gosh, my five-car garage opener didn't work. Oh, wow, that's really hard on you. Tough day. So it's all depending on what neighborhood do you live in. And it's all about you. Where do you want to live? Any questions about that? Okay. So we receive finite amount of energy each day. Give us this day the daily bread. Right? Part of the Our Father. So we get just enough energy every day. We choose, are we going to use it for creating new good stuff or focusing on bad stuff? Where are we going to use our energy? We can use it in three basic, the basics of 3D life, which is, I will tell you in a minute, maybe, stress, fear, hate, environmental time, all that stuff. Or we can focus on the unseen realm, using our energy for healing and creating and loving others. Where are you going to focus your energy? Where you focus your energy, that's what you're going to see more of in your life. But it's your choice. A lot of people like to focus on the negative because it makes them feel not so bad about their life. You know, well, let's look, oh, look at her, oh, my gosh, look, and, and that and that and that. And they can call out all their junk because, if, you know, I'm not so bad if that person is that bad. And we start comparing ourselves to other people instead of comparing ourselves to the only person that matters, us. I can always get better. I can always get better. That's got to be our, our attitude. 
So where are you going to take the little bit of energy you get every day, your daily bread, and where are you going to put it? It's your call. That's why I like to start the day with a plan on where I'm going to put it instead of being subject to someone else's plan. Does that make sense? So you start your day with a plan and taking your energy where you're creating or where you're focusing on self-healing, healing you, healing others, that kind of thing that are, that, that's good, not focusing on the things that bring you stress. Well, what if? What if? How many guys have been in what-if land? <coughs> yeah, right? It's not a fun place, is it? It always gives you fear, stress, anxiety. What if? What if? And, and we think what, oh, I know, worst case scenario. Well, what's the worst case scenario? I don't ever hear anybody say, hey, what's the best case scenario? Why don't we say that? Because if we put our energy in best case scenario, all of a sudden we're going to see best case. Our expectation is best case. But we end up preparing for our worst case, and we give energy to the worst case, and then we wonder, oh, there you go. It happened, and I did it as we learned yesterday. So, and the, the key is trying to live in the now moment like we talked about yesterday. Now. And I said, I said a bad word. I said try. There is no try. Try is a gentleman's way of failing. Well, I'll try. Well, you know, your intent is not to be there, but you say you'll try. You either do or you don't do. Your yes is yes or your no is no. There is no try. So that's why I, we, we, in our house, when we were raising up a victor, try was a bad word. Might as well just curse. We don't try. We do or we don't do. <coughs> so we know that everything is made up of energy e equals mc squared. And we learned that yesterday, right? Everybody's okay that everything's made out of energy? Atoms, protons, electrons, quarks. And then we learned that we actually create using something called the Hebrew word asa. We don't create anything from nothing. We create all the stuff that God laid up for us. We bring from the unseen to the seen. That word is called asa. He barad, I can't do that. But he lets me asa. So my job is to take all that great stuff he put up there and bring it into the scene. That's why we're going to cry when we die, because we're going to see all the stuff he laid up for us that we never tapped into. It's like, why did I not tap? Look at all that stuff he laid up for me. And I didn't have the vision to see it and allow it to come into my life, because I didn't allow it. That's the truth. He, it's not that he didn't want us to have it. He's rooting for us. He's up on that throne. He's like, come on. I know you can do it. Come on. But... We find the comfort spot, and we go around the mountain again. For 40 years, we go around the mountain again until we actually change our mindset. And we change our mindset, we change everything. We change our life. 95% of all illness, oh my gosh, is caused from stress. 95%. That's a lot. Studies, this... I didn't make this up. This is what John Hopkins said, Harvard Medical, CDC. We know how much we can trust them. Stanford University, Cleveland Clinic. 95% of all illness is from stress. Trying to control something that you can't control.
because as pastor said, what's the only thing you can't control? You. That makes it so much easier when you don't have to worry about all these other variables. I just have to control me. So what we focus on, we get more of. We talked about that. Stanford University study showed in 2012, 40% of worry or stress is about future issues that typically never happen. 40% of your worry is about future things that never happen. Well, there's a waste of 40%. What if, what if, what if, right? Oh, 30% of worry is about past issues you can do nothing about. Wow, we just whacked 70% of our stress. 12% of worry is about petty issues that really don't matter. This is from Stanford now. And 10% is about needless health concerns. How many times do you read a, uh, the thing is going around, so you go Google it, and you say, oh, well, the symptoms are boop, boop, boop. Oh, yeah, my, my throat's being a little... I might, I might have the rhinitis. I don't know. I, yeah, I got all the symptoms. And pretty soon you're actually spending your energy creating a thing you don't want. Because your focus, your energy, you are a creative force, and if you've got to know that. Because So where are you going to put your energy and what are you going to create is where you put your focus. Okay? And they say about 8% is that le actually legitimate. So 92% of the time when you're stressed out, it's a waste of time and energy, and you're wasting that daily bread focusing on something you can do nothing about. 92% of the time. That's why it's so great we have God in our corner. I gave it up to God. I let go. God's got this one. That's what we got to do. Let go. Let God. Right? <laughs> so 92% of everything we worry about wastes time. And, you know, that's the thing. Stress causes dis-ease. Why are you sick? Because you're stressing. What are you focused on? And it makes you, see, the body, we have the spirit man, the soul, and the body. And if the soul is constantly in chaos, the body's job is to reflect the condition of the soul. So if your soul is messed up and you're focusing on all these negative things, what the body's going to do is say, okay, now I'm going to get messed up. Yeah, here's, here's that disease that no one ever, ever had, or 1% had. You're going to have it now. Because you know why? Your soul's not right. You get your soul right, your body gets right. It just reflects the condition of your soul. But people want to hear, and you know, this is something that gets me crazy. Don't say it's yours, my headache, my migraine. Because when you claim it is yours, it's yours. And your power, your words have power, and you say, boom, it anchors it. That's yours. Yep, you're right. Keep, you Hold on to that migraine. It gives you an identity. You see what I'm saying? It's there illegally. You're perfect. And if it's there, it's not supposed to be there. And your job is to set up and focus on positive things to heal you, get rid of that stuff. Make sense? And if we put one, <laughs> well, I can't put that. Oh, I better quit. That's my men's group thing. <laughs> that was a little too much. <laughs> I say if you put one foot in le uh, yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, 
you're peeing all over today. <coughs> that was for men's group. But the only time we have power is now. And so why are we going to put all our energy in what we can't change or what might happen maybe someday when the only time we have power is now, right? Sorry about this. <laughs> so why am I not seeing what I want in life? Oh, see, and now I get into the scriptures. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, different nothing from the servants, though he be Lord of all. We're Lord of all. But we think we're not, and we're right, even though it's not truth. Does that make sense? We think we're not. So we see the fruit of being the slave, the servant, instead of Lord of all. We're a prince in heaven. We're a king and a priest on this earth. That's our identity. That's who we are. And we've got to latch on to that. And if we, we're accepting in our lives anything less than that, we're accepting something that's a lie. Because we think we are powerless, we are. We're always right. That's the worst thing, isn't it? We're always right. I knew that, you know, I knew she was going to mess me over. I just knew, and you're right, boom. And you're right. You put the energy to into your energy for that day into that relationship to make sure it messed up. I want to make sure I have a messed up relationship. See, you know, a lot of us, men especially, we're warriors. So you know what we need for value? A war. We create our own wars. We'll create wars on the outside just so we can have a victory on the war that we just created. Or the true victory, the true war is on the inside, battling what's going on in here. Okay? So don't we don't get our value from out here. We get our value from our relationship with Papa God. And, and that's the hardest thing is when we try to get our value from our wives, from our friends, and tell me how great I am, tell me, you're messing up. Because now they control you. They control whether you're up or whether you're down. But the truth is you control you, and you have to get your value from God who's constantly loving you unconditionally. And if you can do that, you're way ahead of the world. You don't care what they think. Can you, can you go around life not caring what people think? I don't care. I do what the Spirit says. The end. Let the chips fall where they may. Because you're going to probably upset people when you do the thing you're called to do. And that's okay. Because they need to be upset. But when you upset them, and then you stay the course, all of a sudden they start following. They start following you. Because you're a man with purpose. You're going, or a woman with purpose, and you're going in the direction you're going. And they'll follow that. Most people don't have purpose. <laughs> Just looking for 65, retire, and die. Three years of fishing and die. You know? Our thoughts and emotions keep us in bondage. Why does the Bible say this? It must be important. Why does it say that, that last scripture? Well, 
It says, casting out imaginations is every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It must be important because he said we're supposed to bring into obedience every thought. Well, that now, I think, tell me if you think a thought. Raise your hand real quick. Who is that watching the thought you're thinking? The true you. You are not your thoughts, first of all. I just wanted to get that out. Just because you think a thing don't mean that's you. You're a higher being than that. If when you were sitting there thinking, what's my next thought, what's my next thought, you were thinking the, the, you were, you, the real you was watching for your next thought. But people are taught so many times, well, you're your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. Thoughts come randomly sometimes, just come out of nowhere, right? But it says we should come, I could learn how to control these thoughts. And bring them into the obedience of Christ. Go ahead and flick it. There it is. Because the word knows thoughts become things. Thoughts can make you sick. And thoughts can heal you. When you stay in the place of stress, something called cortisol is released in your body. Cortisol causes dis-ease. We, as a, new, a great people now, we can be in stress 70 to 80% of our day. 70 to 80% of our day we can be in stress, creating fictitious dinosaurs attacking our cave in our mind, right? Oh, my God, i got to say this, and i got to say this, and, and we're in stress and stress and stress. There's no dinosaur, but we create one. And so our body says, there must be a dinosaur and so what it does is it creates stress and cortisol is released saying, okay, come on, get your muscles all tight. Let's go. We got to run. We got to get out of here. We got to save our life. And you end up creating dis-ease in your body because you weren't meant to be wired that way. Short periods of time to run away from the lion, that kind of thing. But we stay in that place. As a matter of fact, we start to be feeling like we're cheating life if we're not in stress. I must not be trying. I'm just not trying hard enough. There's not enough on me right now. And, and we start getting value from the stress that we feel, which is sad but true. <coughs> and thoughts can heal. When you think these thoughts, oxytocin is released. When oxytocin is the healer, it's, it heals all your cells in your body. It makes you whole again because of what you're focusing on. That's why he tells you in Philippians 4, 8, focus on these things. Because then oxytocin is released. You start to be in a place of the kingdom environment, peace, joy, and love, and, and now your body is healing itself. Why? Because your soul is healing itself. When your soul heals itself, your body heals itself. See that? Again, the body's just a reflection of what's going on in the soul. Some people are always sick. That's because something's going on inside the soul that's always not right. There are no victims. The body produces 1,400 different chemicals based on different emotions or combinations of emotions we may choose to feel. You see how I said choose to feel? Well, he just makes me so angry. No. You chose anger as your response for what he did. Who's in charge of you then? He's the boss of you because he can make you jump around. 
you have no power, obviously, because that person made you. Or did you just choose anger? Did you just choose fear? Did you just choose that emotion? Remember, we choose our emotions. All right. Love, peace, and joy creates oxytocin. Combined with NO2, derived endothelial reaction factor, sorry, this is a nerd thing, causes arteries in the heart to open, the heart to feel full. This is what really happens when in physically, when you, when you are in this state, the heart is full of blood because you're actually having a full heart. It's not just a metaphor. That's really physically what's going on because you're in the state of peace, joy, and love. The heart feels full. Your cup runs over, creates healing in the body, and meditation in this now moment is the key to this. Can you get quiet, sit on Papa God's lap in this now moment, and just all of a sudden start to feel his love, the peace, the joy? You, and you'll say, well, it's not, I'm not doing anything. i got to do something. I'm not doing I'm not. No, that, if you do that, all this other stuff takes care of itself. Can you believe that God is your provider? That's a hard thing. Well, I'm my provider. No, 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 no. God is your provider. The test he always gave me right before he gives you great wealth is, can I trust you? Do you believe that I am your provider? Do you believe it's you, that I do this for you? And once he's got your heart, all of a sudden the wealth abounds your way because he knows he can trust you. You, you, you'll be a good steward over the wealth he has for you for the kingdom. You'll know where to put it. You'll know where to direct it. Because it ain't about you. It's about the kingdom. Your job is to grow as big as you can possibly grow for the benefit of all mankind. That's our job. So, emotions which produce cortisol are anger, anxiety, aggression, hurt, hostility. There's a lot of them. And look at the great side effects of the immune system being compromised, high blood pressure, heart attack, cancer, weight gain, acne, muscle fatigue, lack of concentration, and finally, death. Isn't that amazing? It is, right? And that's what we do to ourselves with cortisol in this stress place that we live. How the stress works, hypothalamus, stress switch, turns on the neuropeptides that key lock into the cell receptor sites. So that chemical is released based on stress, and it, it, it's a chemical that says, okay, here's cortisol, and it looks for receptor sites in your cell. And it clicks and key locks into the cells of the receptor sites that were made for cortisol. And when that happens, you vibrate at this low frequency because you're negative, you're in fear, you're in worry, you're in lack. Shuts off the immune system. First thing that happens when you go to stress, immune system shuts off. Now you're, not, now you're going to get sick. It dumbs us down, takes away our problem solving. All it's telling you is run, run, and run faster. Blood flow redirected from, for, from the organs of digestion, reproduction, to the muscles, fight or flight muscles. Get out of here. Cells do not exchange oxygen like they should, and our organs are harmed. It results in the failure in whatever we are trying to get accomplished. But that's the, what's happening on the physical side, what I just told you there. That's really what's happening on your physical side when you go into stress. 
So what is the cause? Caused by memory you have applied to an event that elicits fear, anger, worry, sadness. I'm not enough. I'm always going to lack. It's caused by the memory you have applied to an event. Most of the stuff we do is we're living in the past. We're remembering an event, maybe we're five, six years old, and and this, see, here's the thing. The, the, the subconscious, as neuroscience would say, its job is to keep you safe. And when you were a kid, you had a bad experience. And when you had that bad experience, it made a big emotional event in your heart. Like, oh no, we, we can't have that, we've got to protect ourselves. Well, now anything that kind of looks like it in the future, all of a sudden you reflect back on that old thing that happened when you were five years old. Why can't I receive wealth? Because your dad told you 50 grand is all you're allowed to make. And if you make 50 grand, you've made it. Okay, that's it. That's the truth. Even though it's not the truth. But you put it there, and because it elicits that feeling, that's where you're going to stay. It's what you're living in the past. You're living your old self in the now, but yet we're a new creature in Christ, so why are we doing that? We're learning how to repent. How do we think a new way? It's not the event, but the memory you have of it and the meaning you place on it. So what meaning did you place on the event? And then that meaning you place on the event elicits the emotion that you'll see in your life. That's the important part. These memories resonate at certain low frequencies, which in turn activate the hypothalamus to create the stress magnification in the body. Why? Their job is to keep you safe. Goal is to heal the picture created in the mind. A lot of us got hurt when we were younger. We had dads that beat the heck out of us. We had, uh, you know, we, we, there's stuff that happened that we all have to go through. What we have to do is now superimpose a new picture on that thing. What I do for me is, and I went through it, it's like a sozo. It's like when you go through this spiritual healing and someone will guide you through. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I'll tell you a little story. I, I was, uh, I don't know, 10, and I, I, we were marching in a baseball parade. And, you know, we, I, I played baseball. And everybody had their uniforms on. But my dad, no, 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 no. You're not going to wear a uniform. You're a Castellano. You're going to wear a suit. I'm a big enough geek as it is, man. I don't need to be marching in a baseball parade with a suit on. So I, I'm in the car, and I said, no, I'm not getting out. I'm not marching. He said, I'm not marching. So my dad loses it. He races home, throws me down one flight of stairs, throws me down the second flight of stairs, screaming and yelling at me, you know, all this stuff. And, 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 and so that, that, that's in me, right? And, and anyway, he, it comes down and gets me and says, get in the car. So I get in the car, and we go back out to the parade, and guess what? I'm marching in a suit. And, and so what this person helped me do is, well, where was Jesus with us? I said, well, Jesus, he, he saw me. He says, what, what, did he, what did he say? He says, wow, you look tired. He started giggling. Because I was carrying this yoke, this burden, and it was just so heavy. And he goes, he goes, 
here, let me help you. So he gets beside me, starts carrying this yoke with me, and I'm walking with him. He goes, he starts giggling. He goes, let's just shrug it off. What? You know, what? He goes, just shrug it off. So we, we both go, <laughs> and so there it is on the ground. And he says, here, put mine on. Easy and it's light. And so from that point on, I was allowed to su- succeed, not because I was going to show my father, but because it was what my papa wanted me to do. That makes sense? But that was a thing in my life for so long that it kept me down because I, he, he, you know, he, he hurt me so bad in that situation. Many times my dad was working three jobs. He had a hard life. You know, he's tried six kids. You know, I said, stop having kids and you'll be all right. But we had six kids and he needed money. So I, 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 when I look back on it, I understand it, and I see him through the mind of a, uh, an adult now, and, and I forgave him for all that, and me and him ended up being great friends. But when I was going through it, I didn't understand that. And so, so much of my future was based on that incident that everything I ever did was, I'll show you. I'll show you. No matter what, I'll show you. Tell me I can't. I'll watch. You know? Anyway, that was... God knows we create based on thoughts, and he wants us in peace. For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, he said, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You can allow new thoughts by capturing your old thoughts. Do you know, we, we, we think sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day. Wow. 90% of those are the same as the day before. Same as the day before. 80 to 90% of those do not serve us. We're, let me see. Yeah, do not serve you. So you got, so what are you doing? You're, you're reliving yesterday, tomorrow. Because you're thinking the same thoughts. And because you think the same thoughts, and most of them are negative, now you're doing 80 to 90% of negative thoughts again. What do you expect to see in your life? Because that's where we live. That's what we do. Here, here, I'm going to get up in the morning. What do I do? Get my cell phone out. Okay. Uh, 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 oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I won't touch my cell phone for one hour until after I get up. Because I need to get set with God. i got to get quiet. Because if I get right into with another cell, the cell phone, all of a sudden my yesterday is my today. And I'm repeating it over and over and over again. Let's start anew. Does that make sense? So if you have new information, you get a new thought. New thought, new choices. New new choices, new behavior, and a new behavior, new experience. And then you get a new emotion. Now we get more new thoughts. When you start to do this on purpose, all of a sudden you become a different person. Because on purpose, you're creating new thoughts, new information, new choices, new behaviors. You will only accept and surrender to the thoughts equal to the present emotional condition. We talked about that. I just want to re-edify that. If you 
you're in a messed up place, don't expect to have the answer there. You got to get you into peace, joy, and love, and then the answer will exist there. It always has. It was always laid up in that place. If you're feeling fear, you'll only accept the true thoughts, the true thoughts or information that give you or bring you more fear. Doesn't it seem that's the way it is? You get attacked, and it's like, uh, it's like, uh, boom, boom, you're going down the rabbit hole. Another one, and another one, and it hits you like a machine gun riddling, right? <coughs> James says, uh, count it all joy when you go through diverse temptations. Well, when I first read that, I went, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. <coughs> I'm going through it, and I'm supposed to say, yahoo! But the thing is, in the Greek, the word count means command. And it's saying, command joy when you're going through these multifaceted, all these tem these testing. It's saying, command joy. When you're the boss of you and you tell your so soul, no, I'm saying enjoy, now all of a sudden you get through that trial so much quicker. Because the key is don't give up your environment for the circumstance. Okay? If you're in a state of emotion of love, you'll only resonate and accept thoughts and information that bring more love. Emotional stress and fear knock your body out of balance. We humans can turn on and off stress to the worst case scenarios like we talked about. Knocks your body out of the now moment. The only time we have power is now. And we, we live in a potential stress or a past regret. And we release cortisol causing disease, which is inevitable once we get to fear. The big concern, we humans can become, what? Chemically addicted to the emotional hormones released by stress, fear, and worry. Here's what happens. Ready? All of a sudden, you're in stress, fear, and worry. And the body says, okay, here's some cortisol. How's that? Yeah, I like that. Okay. He must like it. He knows he has all power, dominion, and authority. And he must like this cortisol stuff. So you know what? When the cell divides, it says, okay, let me give him more receptor sites for stress, fear, and worry. Because he needs more cortisol. And so what happens? It divides, and you have more receptor sites. And because of that, when you have, you see more things that bring you stress, fear, and worry, and boom. And then when it divides again, more things, more receptor sites for cortisol, and all of a sudden, you become addicted to that chemical. You see how that happens? That's what the body happens. So you almost start looking for things that can bring you stress, fear, and worry because you need the juice. You're an addict. Body says, yeah, I need that stuff. Yeah, oh, look, you can't do nothing about that one, but focus on that one. We need you to focus on that. That's stress. That'll give us some good juice. That guy on TV, why is he saying those things? CNN, why is it saying that? How it works, the receptor sites, cell division, physical addiction. We talked about that. I mean, so we become chemically addicted to our thoughts, which then provide the emotional chemical release of our cells have grown to need and want. It's a chemical addiction. So everyone is addicted chemically. You can be addicted to Christ. You can be addicted to stress. You can be addicted to fear. You can be addicted to judgment. Whatever you choose, but you're going to be addicted to something. That's how the body's set up. <coughs> so, and there's a picture of a cell with the little receptor sites key locking into the, 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 the chemical key locking in the receptor sites. So when they divide, you'll have more receptor sites and more receptor sites and more receptor sites. And you wonder, why does it keep the same things keep happening? Because your focus is the same. 
No, an insecure thought starts to breed feeling insecure. Then thinking more insecure thoughts, then we think and feel this for like 10 to 15 years, and this feeling becomes very comfortable to us, very familiar. And then you say, you know what, I'm an insecure person. Boom, I am. You just said, I am. And you're right. You did it to you. So by saying I am insecure, you have commanded the body to the destination of insecurity. The moment you decide to repent, okay, somebody, we're good Christians, and we're going to repent. We, now when we see this, dang it, I'm going to change my life. We're going to do this different. That's, that's it. We're going to do it different. We're going to think a new way, all right? The body gets angry. Man, what are you doing? What are you focusing on? I got receptor sites here. I've been working for 15 years to get you the thing, the juice, and you're not giving me the juice no more. And I'm a little upset. And you get very uncomfortable. Hey, I modified receptor sites for you over the last 15 years. Where are those chemicals I like? The feeling is now uncomfortable. And this is where people quit. Must not be the will of God. Must not be. I mean, it's very uncomfortable. I, it must not be God's will. Must not be God. I shouldn't feel this way. And we go around the mountain again. Because we decided to change. And our body didn't want us to. So. Let's say you're an angry. And you and just give one more example. And you hold on to it for five days. It becomes, he's in a mood. After nine months, it becomes, he, it's his temperament, you know. After a time, it's a personality trait. Finally, it becomes who you are. I am an angry man. I am always angry. What a declaration. Anything I after I am becomes so. Let's say the person you are angry with, here's a good one. My dad, and he got me so angry, and you know what? And then he died. Oh, my God. He died. Where's my juice? I can't be angry at my dad because he's dead. I know. I don't like his brother that much either. <laughs> and we find someone to substitute for our chemical addiction so we can stay focused on that place of anger. Does that make sense? But with new thoughts, this changes, and you create a new life. We can't create a new future living in our past addiction to those past emotions. We must learn to think greater than we feel. We must learn to think greater than we feel. Right? So, feelings and emotions are end products of past experiences, and we continue to hang on to them even though they get us sick on to that stuff that we should have let go of a long time ago and just shrugged off. But we're holding on to it because it identifies with us. You don't know what my dad ever did to me. You don't know what my mother did. We're holding on to that. And that's our identity. Yet it's getting you sick. It's, not, it's keeping you in bondage. It's keeping you in prison. We've got to understand it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. Forgiveness is the key to growth. 
two forgiveness, other people and yourself. Forgive self, one of the hardest things to do. Well, I know God forgives me, but, you know, what does he know? I hold myself to a higher standard. Am I right? <laughs> do we do that? If we allow no new information into our lives, there will be no change in our lives. However, new thoughts, new life. Comfort kills success. Again, I can say that a lot. If you're living in comfort, you're, you're not growing. If you're living in comfort, you're not, I'm comfortable. Okay, you're not growing. Got it. So what are you going to do? I'm going to grow. I'm going to be a little bit uncomfortable. I'm going to be comfortable in being uncomfortable because I want to keep growing. And, 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 you know, it's just, that's why it's uncomfortable, because it's new stuff, a new place you've never been. And that's uncomfortable. It's hard. That's the word we use when it's new. But it's something we, and, and, and is it really hard? No, it's what we're supposed to do. But when we put the word hard on it, it's almost like we justified the battle. Oh, well, if I fail, it was hard. So creating new life. Remember, the unseen realm is more real than the seen realm. We've got to understand we're in this world not of this world and the unseen realm is the real world and we're just in this world that was created this matrix this 3d thing that we have <coughs> science says 96 percent of the universe is unseen energy and matter 96 percent we don't see you know they call it black dark matter dark energy you can't see it 96 percent of the universe is that so only four percent of the universe is what you can see so if you make your decisions based on 4% of the information max when you're deciding which way to go left, which way to go right, and don't use the Holy Spirit, you're missing 96% of the information. Because we're in the world, not of the world. This is the, re the real world is the unseen realm. Does that make sense? So if we don't use the Holy Spirit to make our decisions with us, we're not... We're only getting, at the max, based on our senses, 4% of the information. Are we creating our reality based on, at best, 4% of the information? Two ways to change one's life. Here we go. Pain. I chose that way. Pain. You end up in prison, you're hugging your son through a bar. That's pretty painful. And you go, you know what? I think I better change. When your need for comfort is less than the pain you're feeling, you'll change. But if the comfort is greater than the pain required to change, you will not change. So it's got to be a choice. So pain or a conscious effort. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. I love this scripture because it tells you if you want to see a thing in your life, prayer and, 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 and supplication, and this is thanksgiving. What am I thanking? Because when you celebrate a thing that's not done, it's as if it is done from the unseen realm, and you're going to see it because you're already celebrated. Can you celebrate something you can't see? Are you in the world or are you of the world? It's your call. But this is a tool to help us start to see the things we want to see in our life by celebrating before we actually see the thing. 
when you celebrate, you essentially created it already. Does that make sense? That's important. And then here's the real good one. And then when you celebrate the emotion that you release because of it, because when you're feeling that emotion of gratitude, when you feel it as if you've already received it, you're going to receive it because you already got the emotion out there. And that's the key to creating is what emotion are you coming from? Philippians says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are honest and whatsoever things are true and pure and whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. This is called a gratitude list. I've said it three times now. If you don't have one, get one. I mean, I know <laughs> when we first started this, my father-in-law had like one thing down. I'm not dead. Okay, start there. <laughs> but you'll you'd be amazed how it expands when you're starting to focus on things you're grateful for and how your whole life changes if you start the day with a gratitude list. What am I grateful for today? Now you're resonating in a high frequency. You kind of almost expect good stuff to happen instead of expecting to have to respond to bad stuff. And when you expect to have to respond to bad stuff, guess what you get? Bad stuff. Because you expected it. Expectation is the key to creation. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. And in all the ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So we have trust and direction. Casting all things care upon him and he careth for you. Let him carry your burden. Trust. That was a hard one for me. Because it's almost like you're wimping out. But it's truth is that's when I started growing, when I started trusting in him. Because he would do things that I couldn't do. He would say, I need you to do this. And I'm like, what about this work here, 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 here? And I come back, and I did the thing he told me, and it's all done. Better than I ever could have done it because he's got me. And I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get value from touching everything, but maybe I should just do the thing he called me to do and watch what happens. When I get value from touching everything, I limit how amazing that I could be for the kingdom. But when I, I get my value from doing what he says I can do, oh, it's amazing what he can do without my help. Test him on that. Be careful for nothing but for everything by prayer, supplication. So we talked about that. Let me go to the, where are we at? I want to get to the exercise. <coughs> Unfortunately, God wants you to prosper. All right. Let's let's remember our future. Oh, let's remember our future. All right, let's talk about that. How do you remember our future? Well, get quiet and answer these questions. And this is a process, not a magic pill. Took you a long time to get here. Messed up. It's going to take a little while. Start fixing people, right? It's a process. You know, I've, I've heard so many people go, well, I tried that, it didn't work. One time, no, 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 no. It's the consistency over and over and over, no matter what. You stay the course, you stay the course, you stay the course, and it'll work. You know, he, <laughs> Satan, he creeps around like a roaring lion seeing you to devour. And if you're going, I'm not quitting, he goes, all right, next. I'm not messing with you anymore. He's not quitting. 
Who do you want to be in the future? What does he or she do daily? You're starting to see it now. What does that look like? What does that look like in a day? What does the day routine look like in the place, the, the person I want to be? What does he or she uh, look like when he or she is doing what they love? Oh, my gosh. You're actually doing what you love, too? What does he or she feel in this future self is the key. What is the feelings of this person walking around in the future, your per future person? What does they feel like? They feel happy? They joyous? They free? They f what do they feel like? What are those feelings? Now, be grateful and celebrate for this future self, which is pulling your old self to your future self in this now moment. When you start celebrating this future self that you're creating, it's pulling that future self into this now moment, and you're creating this now, and you're resonating as if you're already that future self. Now, if you're resonating as if you're already that future self, you're on your way to being that future self. The key is the emotions you feel, the resonation. I am that person. I'm amazing. When you know that you know that you know that you're that person, get ready to see this happen in your life. And the funny thing is, when you get there, you already be thinking about the future, future self. Because there's never a time to stop growing. Does this make sense? <coughs> the key is the emotion you feel, tying the emotion to it. You are now reprogramming your brain and living in the future with those positive future emotions and not in your past. You see now who you want to be. You are now <laughs> changing your mind or repenting. So, you know, when you when you were trying to create, and I'm going to skip, when you're creating something, you need a clear, detailed vision. Clear, detailed vision. Then, the key, strong emotional feeling toward that vision. The emotion is what makes it so. What did I tell you? 500 times more power in the heart than in the brain. Thinking it is not the power. It's the emotion you feel that creates the thing you want to see in your life. Do you really believe you should see it? And you can't lie to you. Okay? And I think that's all I got. Is that good? So um, it's not a magic pill, and like it's an anointed process, right? It's 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 truly what what Doctor Nick has laid out here and others. It's anointed because it comes from the Word, right? So God's power and His presence sit in that process, you know. And and it's a do y'all see that how this flow design? Can you can you see what was just explained? how you've already done this we just most of us have done it to the negative right but we've already done this process so I, I say that because that's hopefully you hear like that's very encouraging because many times we sit there and say well I've never done that before 
but you actually already have. You've, you've actually already done this process just in the direction you didn't want to go. Yeah. So this is so. As we leave today, take time this afternoon to start this. Right, take time to start your grat. I'm going to say, take time to start your gratitude list. But begin to work on the gratitude list. You've heard I am statements. Again, write down these questions. Make this a part of your time with the Lord. Right? Right? Because that whole, well, what does the future me look like? Well, that's what Paul said in Corinthians. He said, one day I'm going to know myself as I have always been thought about and known by God. So see, your true future self exists because God has already this is why we call this the aligning of our soul to his truth. Thank you for listening to our Life of Faith North podcast. If you would like to partner with us by giving, please visit our Cash App page. This can be found at cash.app forward slash dollar sign LOF North. We hope this message was encouraging to you today. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.